All right. And welcome, everyone. And I want to also welcome, welcome, Eugene. Hey, how's it going? And I want to welcome Amber Duggar, um, our guest for today. Amber is the founder of Profit for Keeps, a system developed for online entrepreneurs to end the stress and anxiety around numbers. It is a holistic system combining personal finance and business cash flow strategies using Profit First and YNAB, um, also known as You Need a Budget. She has helped hundreds of coaches implement this system and has helped thousands more calculate revenue goals that actually make sense. She's a certified health coach from IIN and worked in corporate finance for 15 years before venturing out on her own in 2015 and thrives on being location independent. She loves traveling, wine, bicycles, knitting, and a good cup of tea, if in England, and coffee, if in Italy. <laughs> Welcome, Amber. Hi, Tatiana and Eugene. Thank you so much for having me. Really happy to be here. So, um, Amber, our topic for today is... Again, the mindset and my question or concern or whatever is whether or not someone, let's say, who's working full time today has to have something predetermined in their mind as you know, in terms of the mindset to be su successful as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> when I when I was actually still in corporate, there was something that was told to me that has always stuck with me. And it was really being able to see where I wanted to be and not and release the how release how it was going to happen, but be very clear on what I wanted to be different. And also identify the type of person I would need to be to experience that new vision. Um, and a couple of things that <clears throat> were suggested to me were um, sit down with your family. And when you decide that this is something you want to accomplish, sit down with the, those that are going to be affected the most with this change. That if you truly were in a place where you're no longer working full time and you're working um, on your business or in a corporation of your own, that you sit down with the family members or the people that are going to be affected and share this with them and say, you know, this is really where I want to go. Are you on board with this? Are you on board with me looking to strive to complete this mission? And what's really amazing is that not only does it make it real for you, which is a really important thing, but it also gives your family members uh, something and it sets their expectation for what you're looking to achieve. So when you start to achieve it, this isn't like new news to them. Um, and, and that's one really effective thing that, and it felt so weird sitting down with my, my boyfriend at the time and saying, this is what I want to do. I want to be location independent. I don't want to be working for this corporation anymore. I want to make my own money and make my own way. And once he heard that it was, it was a real thing for me. That's pretty cool. It's actually new to me too. I maybe I should have done that too. <laughs> um, because I've taken my business to, you know, kind of into several directions and I've never really asked um, for permission. <laughs> oh, it's not even asking for permission. It's more just like setting people's expectations or like making sure that they're in. You know, are you in? Do you support this? Are you on board with this? Are you okay with it being this way if we reach it? That kind of thing. Mm, okay, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Eugene, what do you think? It does make it sound kind of permanent, 
to like decide that you want this thing and you're going to go after it. And there's this implication that that's the final goal. But a lot of times when I make a decision, when I want something, it's, it's sort of like an intermediate goal where I want this thing now, but I don't know. And I'm open to other things like sort of popping up or appearing to me in five, 10 years. So when, when I think of my life now working at a big company full time, yes, it would be interesting to try some side projects, but if I decide to go independent, be my own boss, that would almost seem like a five-year goal. And I don't think that I could predict what I would want to have my life look like in 10 or 15. So is is that sort of part of your equation, that this thing that you wanted that you talked about with your family, was that an immediate goal or like your next goal? Or is that sort of the conclusion of your career and from now on, it'll be like this? That's a great question. So I would say, first of all, some of the most intelligent people will rationalize and try to put a timeline on it. And so I also have experienced that and thought, well, okay, this is definitely a longer term goal. And the more that I have gone into and explored this world of truly feeling into what it is that we want to experience and also visualize that, that we want to experience, uh, letting go of any timeline is one of the first steps to really having everything happen. So as I started, yes, I had this goal that all I knew for sure was that I didn't want to be in this corporate life anymore because I felt like my soul was dying a small death every day in my cubicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I'm sure many people can relate to that. It's just, I, I didn't like the idea of having to work till two in the morning sometimes, which I had. I happily did because there was a reason for that. There was a a deadline that we were meeting or a problem we were solving. But to then, because of formality, have to be back in our chairs at 8 a.m. made absolutely no sense to me. And so for me, I knew that I wasn't sure exactly what the solution was going to look like, but I knew I was going to have autonomy. And that was what I mostly expressed to my partner and to my family was that I wanted to create a life where I got to choose my own schedule, when I was going to work, who I was going to work with, and how I was going to do it. And I think that um, when we when we rationalize and start thinking how something's going to happen, and there is use to that, practical application, practical tools are so important. But there's also an element that I think only comes with experiencing this over time is that the more that we experience this, this idea of things start to fall into place when you invite them in, uh, we will continue to try to rationalize a timeline. But once we start experiencing over and over again, that things just start to happen when you really want them to, or when you make a space for them to, then you start to let go of the timeline And this is only something you can experience for yourself. And it's not something that anyone can really convince you of. That's, um, that's really interesting. I mean, it definitely makes me think about my approach. I try to rush things a lot, (laughs) but, um, you're absolutely right. And, and I want to kind of follow up on that uh, unless Eugene has a question. Yeah. I, 
I was wondering if your job where you had to work late because you had a goal, because you had some sort of drive to get the work done, if they allowed you to be more independent to work sort of not a formal nine to five schedule, but you got the work done, good job, take, you know, a couple of days, a couple of weeks off until the next thing, would that have influenced you to stay corporate? Hmm. It, it's very possible. Yeah. If I had been working for a person that I really believed in, first of all, which I was not, um, if I was in that situation that you just described, a lot of things can be what if, yes. I, I will say that I would probably have leaned more towards staying because my Myers-Briggs profile is the least likely to go into entrepreneurship or into business for oneself. I, I desire safety and security. So the last thing I ever thought I was going to do was own my own business. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't be surprised if everything had fallen into place. But again, this is why I do believe that things do happen for a reason. There were so many things and details in which I can look back and go, wow, okay, this was really meant to be because the impact that I am now experiencing for the clients that I work that I work with is so much greater I believe than anything I could have done in a corporate setting. So, so do you think um, kind of uh, what I'm trying to, to get, to get out of you is, do you think that let's say a person who is working full time, um, do they have to have something they're born with in terms of, in terms of their mindset for to be their own boss as opposed to is there something that they can develop and if and if the latter then what where would they start Mm. excuse me i would say like three main things and this is a simple thing it's not necessarily a simple or an easy thing to accomplish but these are the three things that i feel are most important in being successful and moving forward with your business That is, and it's not something you need to be born with. It's something you need to decide you are going to encompass as part of your own identity. And that is determination, planning, and the ability to stick with it. And I would say most of us have been conditioned to do the first two. Determination, if we really want autonomy, if we really want freedom from a particular, uh, you know, schedule or location, we, we have a lot of determination because usually there's some big reason someone goes into business for themselves. They're not happy in some area of their life. And so determination is pretty much there. Planning, we have definitely learned from being in school, from being in college, from working in a corporate environment. You, you learn how different methods of planning. The ability to stick with it part is, I would say, the one that most people struggle with and want to give up on the quickest. And that is because if you don't see immediate progress, if you don't see immediate revenue, if you don't feel like things are working the way you want them to, it can be easy to say, you know what, this isn't, this isn't for me, I'm going back. And so it's, it's the mindset piece that really everyone keeps coming back to, to allow you to really be able to deliver on that third piece. That makes a lot of sense. Eugene, what do you think? How can you relate to that? I I feel the same sort of way with the like the corporate job that I have where 
I'm used to sort of switching every couple of years and getting a new job. And I almost think of myself as a, almost like a contractor working for a single employer. And then at some point I get bored and then I want to move on. And then in this current job, I've been here for almost three years and I have this like question that, okay, what happens if I'm unhappy? What happens if I'm, if I'm like frustrated and I keep going? Will things get better if I work for a company for five years as opposed to one? And sort of that different feeling you get when you've been at a place for a year and move on as opposed to you've been at a company for five, ten years, you've seen management change, you're like one of those lifers. Could that be a more satisfying experience? And more and more, I'm seeing that that's not the like the fashion or the the thing that most people do like i'm in tech and most people they they just move on every couple of years they just find a new opportunity the the new companies hire you for more money than you can get in raises in a year and there's something exciting about starting a new gig but i'm always questioning could i get some sort of greater satisfaction in staying for longer and and that's where I'm conflicted. Okay, so um, I I think that I agree with you that the culture is changing. That you know, twenty thirty years ago, it was much more common to stay with a company for the the career, maybe do one career change. And even my generation, um, it was told that if you left a job before three years, that people would consider you a job hopper or someone that may not be committed to, to a particular position. But I think at this point, it's now much more common, especially in the tech space, to really, like you said, think of the position more as a contractor position or almost like a you know, a freelancer job where they find a very specific expertise to solve a particular problem that they may have in, in a contract that they have. Um, I think that where there would be more satisfaction to stay long-term would be a combination of things. And I think truly you can only answer this question for yourself. But from what I've seen is when there's an alignment of culture, people, purpose, values, and mission, that's when you feel truly in flow. And if you're working with a, a corporation where you truly believe in the mission, you truly believe in uh, what the company is set out to accomplish, and the culture is satisfying your particular value set that is also in alignment with the leadership's value set, I think that can be a perfect combination in which you would want to stay long-term. Um, the problem is most people aren't in that aligned space. And so there's a a continued desire to either find someone who's more aligned in values or find a company that's more aligned in, in, you know, giving yourself a new, a, a new challenge. So if you're not challenged enough, and if you love challenge and you love starting things fresh, the entrepreneurship route can definitely give you that because there's always new challenges 
but it's looking at the whole picture and saying like, what is it that I most desire out of living my life? Is it having a steady, a steady project, but being able to be challenged within the project? Is it working for someone and something bigger than myself that really makes me feel like I'm having purpose? But at the end of the day, it's all about making sure that we're in a flow state as much as possible. And I think the things that I mentioned definitely feed into that. Yeah, I I can kind of relate to, like when I think about what sort of job I want, I kind of think of my day-to-day. And the only thing I can think of now is I want to work with people that I can respect and we're all working towards like a common goal. And that that flow state that you get into it's it's almost fleeting. Like how long can you work with the same people? Because some people will end up leaving, the management will change, they'll want you to do things a different way. And when you first start, you, you're brand new, you're just learning how it all works. And after, I don't know, a year, you sort of get used to it, you get into the groove, and then once you're there for a couple years, you'll start seeing changes and those changes might not mesh well with what you thought this job was going to be. And that's when I get the instinct to run. And now I'm questioning that. And like, maybe there's, maybe there's value in staying and learning the new way and kind of accepting the different management styles, the different leadership vision that the upper management have but if you're working for yourself, you sort of have to invent that all by yourself and evolve as your business changes. Mm-hmm. Is that a bad thing? No, no. But it it could be stressful for you as the leader of this small business or for your employees that start at one point, kind of get used to a certain way of working and then all of a sudden you go on a leadership retreat and you decide that new plan, we're going to go agile. <laughs> right. And so that's where when, when you move into, let's say you're doing your small business and you are having to make these decisions on your own. There's something that I, I learned actually from like, I, it was a it was a quote I think in Game of Thrones or something, but it was so applicable to leadership. And he was talking to someone who was go- coming in to be like Lord of Lord Commander or something, and he said the only difference between being a leader and not is is sticking to your decision regardless of what other input you're getting and having confidence in that decision. So you may still have half the people that don't agree with that particular decision. But in order for people to really embrace the decision and the movement forward, it has you have to have that confidence to say that is the decision and that's what I stand by. And I think um, when, when you're in a place where things are starting to change and that may be, and I love how self-aware you are, Eugene, because what I think you're recognizing is, hmm, okay, maybe there's something I'm missing here. If I've been jumping every year or two for some, a new challenge, new opportunity, but at the same time, am I missing some development that I could have gotten if I had stayed or if I, is there a lesson I'm not learning because I'm leaving too soon? And 
something that can help answer that question is is the concept that all frustrations uh, stem from unmet expectations. And so reevaluating what your expectations are of your job, of your experience, of the company you're in can help you then see where the frustrations may be stemming from. Eugene, would you, I, I want to go back uh, a couple of um, minutes and kind of go back to the three main things that Amber, you mentioned about determination, planning, and ability to stick with it. I'm curious to know, Eugene, um, whether you agree or disagree with the fact that like you personally, for example, have kind of not an issue, but sort of like a problem uh, with the, with being able to stick with, um, with the job or with the project, then that maybe is preventing you from trying something on your own. I, I always like following like a visionary, passionate sort of person, but I don't find myself coming up with a ton of ideas. So in most of the meetings, I'm the person they ask for, okay, we need to do this. Can we break this up into smaller tasks and get it done? And I find myself doing a lot of the logistical, not idea creation, but ways to bring about the change in ideas and features that someone else thought of. And that's, that's not discouraging. I, I like how out of all the people in this huge meeting, they single me out as the person that's interested in process and how do we actually accomplish this goal that seems too big. And I do like that role. I, I am interested in how to breaking and how to break down tasks, how to actually do stuff. But when it comes to thinking of an idea that I believe in, I don't, I don't really find myself believing in a lot of the stuff that I sort of dream up. Well, what I'm hearing you say, Eugene, is that you really are good at creating and designing systems to solve a particular issue where other people may have that visionary piece, but have trouble breaking it down into a, a doable sequence. Would that, does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay. So, so another thing to just um, keep in mind is that there are so many people out there that are the visionaries, but then they struggle and have, have this problem truly implementing and uh, seeing this vision play out. And there's a huge need for someone like yourself who helps them come in and you're almost like a consultant, right, for a particular visionary and give them a whole game plan. You don't get bored because this is new projects each time you meet with someone. But because you're so good at that, people are like, oh, my gosh, have you heard of Eugene? This guy is freaking amazing at helping me actually get everyone on my team working on a way that's going to get this thing off the ground. So that's a very, that's a very valuable skill set that you have. And that's, that's like a nice spin on it. But a lot of times what I find is someone 
has an idea and they think that coming up with this idea was the hard work and they can just outsource the rest. So I find myself a little frustrated or undervalued where, okay, you had this cool idea. The team made it happen. And then you're like, yeah, well, I came up with the idea, so I get all the credit. And engineers like me don't, well, at least me, I don't tend to go after the glory and the, I don't, like, I don't want to be presenting a keynote about this great idea, but having the acknowledgement of, yes, I had the idea, but the team helped make it happen. And I find that that doesn't happen too often, that people with the ideas think that they own them and they don't owe much gratitude to the people that actually go about and implement their vision. I love this, Eugene, because what you've just identified as one of your top values is appreciation. So you don't want the prestige. You don't want the look at me, look how amazing I am. You just want appreciation and recognition for your part in something. And so finding either clients who also hold that as a high value, as a top value, or a company, if you choose to stay in corporate company that holds that as a top value, you will find that your your current experience will shift because now you are with someone who is holding that above a different value that your current company or experience might have that isn't a top value for you. Therefore, it's not something you're seeing or pointing pointing out. Everyone and everything and every organization will have top values. And unless they align with your top values, you will find a misalignment just like you identified there. Eugene, is that what's stopping you from starting something on your own? Well, like I have been thinking a lot about partnerships and we sort of talked about it on and off and I don't really believe in partnerships. I feel like there should always be a boss and like you should follow that boss and the boss needs to have the insight to keep his workers happy. And I'm, I think I'm perfectly happy being an employee of some visionary and it's like, the appreciation isn't a pizza party at the end of a project. It's it's sort of the everyday working relationship. I don't need to have some sort of enormous stock grant at the end of a five-month grueling project. I just want to come in and be treated as a person. So it it's not that I'm scared of starting my own business. It's that I don't feel passionate about anything for now but I am passionate about sort of implementing someone else's thing and following people that are driven to make their vision a reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think what you're saying though, is that exactly what I, I, I do believe you will experience when you come with, when you start working with someone who has, appreciation is a top value because a pizza party at the end is someone that something that someone has told been told you have to do that to say thanks to your team right a have to is never going to be authentic or real 
But when you have someone that truly lives and breathes appreciation and rec- and and truly making people feel like part of this, that is this is this is bigger than them. And I can think of someone right now that that we all know, Mike Michalowicz, very much embodies this. He knows that his work is much bigger than just him. And anytime you work with him, you are appreciated, you are recognized, and you and it truly is authentically delivered from him. And when you work with people like that, it just feels so much better. And you want to do so much more to really make this happen for them because you are now invested because you feel part of it. It's not just like you're not just another number or not just another employee that they're going to give you some pizza at the end of this. This is like, hey, Eugene, thanks so much for your input today. This is really coming along. I'm really excited to see where this is going. Wouldn't that be nice? It has to have that. (laughs) You can find it for sure. I would like to think that I'm a boss like that, but um, (laughs) we'll we'll see what my my, um, team says. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Amber, I think we're going to wrap up. And Eugene, um, Amber, thank you so much for agreeing to appear on our podcast. I hope that our listeners enjoyed the conversation and, um, uh, any final notes, Eugene? <laughs> no, I I thought this was great. The conversation was interesting. I definitely learned some insights. It was fun. All right, all right. Um, thanks, Amber. Thanks, Eugene. My pleasure, and thanks for everyone listening. And you know, just one thing I would love to to end with is truly, you're going to have so many different opinions and advice and. Uh, opportunities to to explore. And at the end of the day, the most important person is the one, the voice inside yourself, your own inner wisdom, what you truly feel. And remembering that and knowing that you will get so many people's opinions on what you're meant to do. And it can be easy to be feeling torn in a lot of different directions, but your inner voice will always be the, the guiding light for yourself, the more that you trust that. And um, the other thing is, if you're finding that you're starting an, an, an enterprise or a business and you're really looking to start bringing in money, just one thing I would love to share really quickly is there are two things that I see most people that are starting out in business that block themselves from money. And one is a really easy way to get paid. And the other is a really easy way to get booked in to talk to someone to ask them for the dance. So if you don't have a way to schedule people in to talk to you about your services and an easy way to pay for your services, go and write that down and do that now, because those are the two things that will start to open up the revenue and the flow of money into you um, and into your business. And that's all. That's my last word. Thanks so much, Amber. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Eugene. Thank you.